everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everybody, it's Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly podcast. What's going on, James? Uh, not much, man. How are you doing? Good. All right. You want to jump right into this and let everyone know uh, if you had any uh, (laughs) closing (laughs) trades this week? Yeah, man. Had a bunch of them. So I lined quite a few things up for March. I wasn't really keeping track of what I had lined up, but I was trying to get on as many trades as possible um, for the March 19th expiration and i ended up getting 12 trades on which is pretty good kind of was hoping it was more but when i tallied it up i'm like all right well 12 it's not bad got some pretty good diversity in there um i played tickers like arkk dia eem ewz fxi icln iwm mj the q's spy ung and xle so um All of those trades were winners except for two. DIA got me with that massive rally. Um, It's crazy. We're talking about that quite a bit during the week. Like, when is this thing going to cool off? And like, yeah, I hope they cool off before Friday. And uh, of course, they waited until Friday to cool off. Kind of talk a little bit more about that one later. Uh, And then ICLN, they just kind of had this massive run up. And then a massive sell-off. So I think I actually got into this position uh, maybe in January. Yeah, I want to say January. I opened up a February expiration. And then it was super close to being in the money on the February monthly. So I rolled it because I'm like, well, maybe this thing will kind of rebound. Let me just grab some more credit. And uh, yeah, they never really recovered. (laughs) So my short put was 28 and my long put was 26. So it was a two wide, but I grabbed like, I think 79 in credit overall or something. So I only took $121 loss on that trade. So it wasn't, you know, nothing too crazy, but um, if I would have actually just let it ride in February, I think I would have made out max profit. Cause I want to say, on those February monthlies, ICLN finished like a few cents above 28 at expiration. So like if I would have just let that thing ride and wouldn't have rolled it, I would have made out max profit, but it was close enough to where I was like, I just want to kind of buy some more time. And uh, yeah, that one just didn't work out for me, but I mean, 10 max profit trades essentially. And then, you know, the two losers. So an 83% win rate, it was still a really good month for me. Um, I'm lining up a lot of stuff right now in April and I'm going to try to get on way more trades. I want to just even like be even more diverse and play even more sectors. So it's good that I got 12 on in March, but I'm looking to even get much more on for April. Um, So yeah, a bunch of closing trades this past week. And for the most part, uh, things worked out really well for me. Nice. Yeah. I didn't have, uh, much closing this week. I pull up my chart. Um, I had UPS was closing this week. I had a put spread on them. GM as well, put spread. And GM was good for me because I played pretty close to the money with them. So I got paid a, a good credit uh, just for a 50 cent wide 
I collected, uh, I believe it was $18 in credit um, because I played so close to the money. And then, you know, they kind of were jumping around, making me think maybe, you know, I might need to close this thing out, but ended up just rocketing up past 60 at one point and then cooled off just a bit. So uh, those are the only things I had that expired. And I went uh, max profit on those two. I had one that I closed out myself, which was BSX. I opened that on Tuesday and looking at the chart, I had an idea that um, the 21 EMA was going to act like support. They had hit it a few times and bounced off. And then sure enough on Wednesday, they dropped below it, but not too much that I was worried about it. I was going to see, you know, how things went. And then on Thursday, man, they just died off super hard, but I was able to see it fairly early in the morning and just closed it out for a $2 loss because it was like, okay, I went into this thing. You know, this is how I thought this was going to react. I still had uh, two weeks to expiration, but I started uh, going in with a certain plan. And, you know, this is a trend line. If it breaks below this, I'm out and, you know, sticking to it. And it's really saved my butt a few times. Like I believe the only other one I closed out for a loss recently was IBM um, about a month ago. And I would have uh, went max loss on that. And that would have been, I believe, a $90 loss. So, yeah, that's all I had closing uh, this week. We've got some other stuff on, but uh, it doesn't expire for a few weeks. Nice. Yeah, you've uh, we've been talking a little bit about it. And uh, I know you've been using those scanners that you had built out and stuff. And, yeah, it seems like a lot of the trades you're making are working out really well and those scanners are really helping out and um yeah like you're saying you've been killing it lately like with those directional trades and stuff like you've only had a couple maybe losing plays uh over the past month or two so yeah man you've been killing it yeah the thing with the scanners like i'm still i guess a vertical is slightly directional but I'm not playing so close. Like most of the stuff that I'm playing, like um, UPS, I don't know why they didn't have earnings uh, and they don't have earnings until April. And this March 19 um, spread that I had on, I was able to get a really good credit for, I mean, when I sold them, they were way out of the money. And so, you know, I don't care if it's, you know, if they died off a little bit, as long as they didn't die off too hard. So, you know, the only thing when I'm doing directional stuff is like my SOS play that I have on right now, like purely directional where it's, um, uh, called uh, debit spread and God crypto has just been cooking. And so are they. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's kind of directional, but not really like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, so like on SOS though, is that like a synthetic covered call you got going on them right on them right now or is it well kind of right you got to like a i guess it's kind of like a debit spread too because do you have the same expiration on both of the calls yeah so okay um i'm probably like if you pull up their chart Mm -hmm. they're paying their premium is crazy so i'm thinking about buying the um into april um five or 550 calls and then running a synthetic covered call on them because I mean you can make a hundred bucks a week mm-hmm. uh, on weekly calls on them. Right. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like you're saying, that one's more of a, like you're saying, really a directional play. But I guess if you were doing like a synthetic or something, you'd have some kind of protection. But um, yeah, at least you're kind of playing one side. You know what I mean? Like it may not be a straight up like you're going long a call or going long on shares or something like that. But you're at least like selling a put spread on something that you think is going to you know, be bullish or something that's going to pop off or like you're selling a call spread on something that you think is going to die. So, um, yeah, I see what you're saying. You're giving it a little bit of room, but you are kind of picking a direction on a lot of the plays, you know, and you're using those scanners that you spend a lot of time and you built out. So yeah, man, whatever you're doing, it seems to be working really good. Yeah. I just need to stick to it. And I was thinking about it too, because I like the way that, uh, you put on your trades like i love iron condors i just the way that i trade and i like the long-term stuff like you're doing monthlies and it's working out great for you but that's what um like with the scanners i want people to know that um that's how i trade like i built those things for the exact way that i trade and for me my bread and butter is like the 14 to 20 data expiration like i went through all my um all my trades and those have been doing me really well. So it's like, I was thinking, you know, I like the way you trade. I'm going to start putting on some monthlies as well, but why, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what you're doing is working great for you. What I'm doing is working great for me. So I think I'm going to stick to, you know, my 14 to 20 days. Yeah. And I think 14 to 20 days can still also give you some of that extra time too. Like if something does, I mean, if you want to ride it out, if something does move against you, you at least have that extra time for the market to be kind of cyclical and for the ticker to go the other way. Um, I know on the BSX or whatever, you were like, nah, screw this, I'm out. But if you wanted to ride something out, at least two to three weeks to expiration does give you a little more time for things to kind of reverse and uh, things to kind of be cyclical. So yeah, man, I mean, whatever you're doing, whether it's a week to expiration or a month, you know, it's working out really well. So, uh, yeah, for me, like on more neutral stuff, like I definitely like having that th at least 30 days just to have that extra time. Um, and I also, also just like to have a very small position size too on each trade. So, you know, if something does happen, it's like, I'm not going to kill myself. Like in the past, I've sold these like two and a half wides and five wides and there were those days too where i was selling like five wides on tesla and i think uh or was it 10 wides it may have been 10 wides but yeah i think i'm kind of done with that stuff especially with something like tesla because it's so nutty and like all over the place but yeah i definitely am digging like the 30 to 60 day but like you're saying we're doing like two totally different things i'm being like straight up neutral and you're kind of picking a direction in a way, but giving it a little bit of room. So yeah, I think it's cool. And for the people, you know, listening to this podcast and checking out the videos, I think it's good too to see both, you know, kind of strategies and how they work out. And, you know, hopefully people can learn both ways if you want to really, you know, dive deep into a lot of the technical analysis and use those really cool scanners that you set up. This is how you go about it. And then if you want to try to just take more of the neutral kind of position and not maybe pick a direction on something, you know, hopefully people can see that kind of strategy as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, the stuff we're putting out there is useful for people.
Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, with the scanners, like um, I don't think I, I need to remake a video where it's, I think I talked about this on the last podcast where, you know, letting people know that once you have the scanners, you can change them any way you want. Like if your trading strategy is different than mine, which it, you know, 99% of the people it will be, then go into the code. You can see exactly what each part of the scanner does. And you can either, you know, take stuff out, adjust stuff, add stuff. Like that's, you know, why I love thinkorswim so much is there's just really nothing you can't do with the platform. Yeah. Like you were sending me the scanners and stuff and you're like, Hey, I don't know, you know, load those in there, but I don't know if you want to keep these exact parameters. If you want to like, you know, t tweak this or tweak that. And yeah, just the power of thinkorswim, like you're saying, it's such a great platform really cool stuff you can do in there with all the analysis and all the studies and yeah, there's just a ton of stuff you can do in there. Yeah. And like I was telling my buddy, anyone can sign up for it and, you know, just open a brokerage account and get the, uh, get the platform for free. Like I don't, there's no amount of money you have to have in there. It's not like, you know, you gotta have 10 grand to open a TD account. It's just like anything else. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Um, you wanted to go over a topic that you kind of encountered this week? Yeah, it happened to me. It was something that doesn't really happen to me too often. So I thought it would be good for our topic for this podcast. And it was just the uh, risk that you're at when you have short options, like a short call option, and there is an ex-dividend date coming up. So I wasn't even paying attention, but thankfully TD is cool about this stuff. And you know, I had short call on DIA because I actually had a, I was short an iron condor on them and they were on this massive rally and we were talking about it. We're like, oh, this thing needs to die off. I need DIA below 329 by Friday. And I was pretty confident, even though DIA, like maybe on Wednesday or Thursday was like 330, 331, 332. I knew they were only a couple points away from falling below that 329. So I was still pretty confident that I was going to make out good on that trade. And then on Thursday, TD emailed me and they're like, Hey man, you've got a short call on DIA and it's ex dividend tomorrow. So I'm like, ah, man, I'm going to be on the hook if somebody assigns me a day early and I'm short a hundred shares of DIA and they're paying a dividend or, you know, it's ex div the next day. I'm going to be on the hook to pay that dividend out to uh you know the other side whoever you know i'm borrowing the shares from essentially because i'm going to be short 100 shares of dia and i don't think dia's uh dividend is that massive i i have to look it up i don't know if it's like one percent or something but still even if it at one percent it's going to be like 300 bucks or i don't know it's going to be a pretty good chunk of money because dia trades it you know uh well, at that time, it was about 3.30 a share or something. So definitely on a one-wide uh, iron condor, I don't want to be somehow ended up losing, you know, 300 bucks or something. So I was like, ah, it is what it is. You know, I closed it out. I bought the call side back, the call spread for like 88 bucks or something. Um, and that was that. And then, of course, Friday, they died. So, you know, <laughs> they went down to like 3.26 by 1 o'clock Pacific time. So I was like, ah, of course. So like if I would have not had that ex-div date, um, 
you know, on Friday, I would have held that thing until Friday and bam, I would have made out with max profit. So I kind of, that thing happened and I, I hit you up and I was like, Hey, let's talk about this. This would be a good topic. You know, people need to know about this stuff. And it also kind of, uh, I thought it would be good to bring that up as well because we got a question on one of the YouTube videos. I did a short, uh, trading video update, I think last night and somebody was asking, well, you know, what happened with DIA? What happened with ICLN? Uh, because, you know, I just said, Hey, I went max profit on 10 trades. I lost two trades, but I didn't give any detail. And that's exactly what happened with DIA. I mean, the X div kind of bit me there. I would have made out max profit. Dow was on this massive rally. I was short to 329. So that's just kind of how that one worked out. And then I think I covered ICLN uh, earlier in detail too, that I had opened that trade, I think in January and they had a pretty good sell-off. It was really close. I rolled it out to March and they just kept selling off. So I think part of the question there as well is like, what did you do wrong? And to be honest, I didn't do anything wrong. I put on all 12 trades exactly the same. I went neutral on all of them and they were all probably 15 deltas on the shorts. So they were all 85% chance of success or more trades. And, you know, sometimes these tickers, sometimes the markets just make these big rallies and sometimes they just have these massive sell-offs. And like, I didn't really do anything differently between DIA and ICLN than I did with the other 10 trades that worked out fine for me. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to address that and it kind of relates to, uh, the topic for this podcast as well. So yeah, I definitely don't, you know, don't want to be caught on the hook paying out a dividend because I had a short call that was in the money. And, uh, thankfully TD sends those email alerts out. I haven't really, you know, had that situation happen to me in any other, uh, platforms. I mean, I know I've done most of my trading within thinkorswim. Um, but I don't know if I've ever really been short like that a day before X div in the past. So I don't know if the other broke, you know, brokerages will alert you like that, but, um, yeah, it'd be probably should go out and just check that out to see, you know, if like E-Trade and, um, I don't know about the other ones like Weeble and, uh, you know, Robinhood and those other platforms do it, but hopefully they're cool about that stuff too. And kind of give you a heads up. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, I know as a buyer of an option, you can exercise it whenever mm-hmm. I want to say, I heard that, uh, I heard this, but they're talking about if I uh, do calculations to figure out if the dividend is, uh, higher than like, say you're, uh, you were the buyer of whatever option, uh, whatever call and, it was just a few cents out of the money being long that call. You can exercise it. And if the dividend is worth that, uh, making up that few cents you're, you're losing, um, then, you know, you could also be on the hook at, at that point. You know, I'm not explaining this completely clear, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, you know, I've also, seen this or heard this talked about too as well. I don't know if this at all relates to what you're talking about, but like 
you can also kind of gauge if you're going to be assigned early or not um, based on, like you're saying, the amount of the dividend and the amount of extrinsic value that's still left uh, in your short option. I don't know if that at all relates to um, what you're saying, but in the case where they emailed me and this was kind of going on ex-div for me, um, I think they definitely probably were going to assign me early. And I think that's why TD emailed me because they're like, hey, this is probably going to happen to you because if you're short that dividend or sorry, those shares of DIA, then you're going to have to pay that over to the person you're borrowing the shares from when you get assigned and you're short the shares. But um, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out and just, you know, dig a little more into that. Yeah. All right, man. Um, did you want to go over some, are you looking at any tickers to get into this upcoming week? Yeah, I built out a lot of stuff for April already, for sure. Um, a lot of the tickers that I've been playing, um, I'm still playing them, like the Qs and Spy and DIA. I've been getting a lot into some newer stuff, too, just to kind of hit some new sectors. Um, so I was also looking at just some different stuff that I've never really played. I was looking at uh, IYR which is a real estate ETF. I don't think I've ever done anything really in that space before. Um, I also saw EWJ, which is a Japan ETF. I know I've played like EWZ, which I think is Brazil. And I've been recently playing like FXI, which is China, large cap. So I kind of saw the Japan ETF there as well. Um, real estate. Um, so I think those might be pretty good to get into. I'm just trying to like, as much as I can diversify. And like, if I'm going to put on say like 30 separate trades for April, I'd like, you know, if possible to be as diverse as I can and like get into as many different sectors. I was also seeing XVI here, which is a biotech ETF. Um, already got into USO kind of see them in a list here. Oh, there's an EWH, which is a Hong Kong ETF. Might go there, maybe different part of China, I guess. Um, I think I was looking at RSX, which is a Russia ETF, but I don't know if the volume and the open interest was where I wanted it at for like the 15 Delta on the shorts. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking at some of those uh, tickers. And I think I got into XRT already, which is retail. Um also, XME was another one I was looking at, which is a metals and mining ETF. So, yeah, I'll probably definitely put on some trades. I'll probably put on like five trades this coming week, try to put on a trade each day and just kind of recenter around the market as it moves. So, um, yeah, that's definitely some of the stuff I'm checking out. Nice. I think I'm going to go uh, another put spread on UPS because mine expired this Friday and they still look really good to me, especially they had a, uh, a nice little sell off, which kind of makes them on, um, oh, where the hell is it at? My charts are all messed up. Yeah. I'm going to pull it up right now to see the UPS chart. Oh, they're below. I don't know if this is the 21 EMA on my chart, but 
This stuff got some nasty rejection. I'm on the daily. There's like a fat wick sticking out there. Are you yeah. kind of bearish on them or are you thinking they're going to climb back up? Yeah, I think uh, they have earnings sometime in the middle of April, I believe. Mm-hmm. So if I can check out the pricing, if I can go to that two ATR down like 154-ish and get a decent price at it, I'll definitely make a play on them. This actually might be a good uh, Iron Condor candidate. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to do the synthetic covered call on SOS like I was talking about because the premium is just so freaking juicy right now. Um, and, uh, the only one I not quite sure about a new one is G R W G. That chart looks, uh, really interesting to me right now. Wow. And they're, yeah, this, the only bad thing about it is, uh, they don't have a lot of open interest on their options. So we'll see, you know, if some stuff picks up on Monday. Are you kind of bullish on them after that run up they had? Yeah. Yeah. They're still kind of playing off of that 21 for the past uh, about a week. They'll kind of bounce back and forth off of it. So you know, until they prove that's not support, I'll go bullish on it. Okay. Yeah, because they made this big run up to 67, and then they died pretty hard. And there's like a fat wick sticking out there at 40, and then they kind of broke back above. I even know what I got on my chart here. I want to say that's like a 21 exponential moving average or something. But yeah, they kind of broke back up above that moving average on my chart. So yeah, maybe they're going to make a rip higher. Yeah. The TTMs, uh, they just crossed over, uh, bullishly on Friday, uh, MACD the same. Well, the MACD has been creeping up for about a week. So yeah, everything looks really good to me. So, let me see if I can get a put spread in on them. Nice. Um, that's all I'm looking at right now. I got this whole weekend off, so I'm probably going to be putting up some stuff on the uh, the website, the watch list. Nice. Yeah, was there anything else um, as far as the website that you wanted to cover? Because I know you put up some videos this week about the Option Trade Journal. Yeah, we're uh, we're giving it. We were only charging a buck for it before, which I think is is very well worth it because that's the whole reason I built the stupid thing was because going online, there are no good free ones. Like there are a couple free ones, but everything is you know sign up with your email and we'll send you you know these links and or pay this monthly subscription. So you know that's why I built it, and now I figured you know. I already built it. Who cares? Let's just start giving it away for free. So if you go over to wstrades.com and go to the downloads tab at the top, you'll see the uh, free option trade journal now, and you can download it. You don't have to sign up for it. We don't need your email. None of that stuff. It's just uh, just a spreadsheet. It works best with Google Docs. Um, it will work on Excel, but the colors are kind of funky, so... If you want to go to the YouTube page and uh, check it out, I did a kind of how to use it and it'll go and it goes over, you know, the difference between Google Docs and I mean, yeah, uh, Google Sheets and um, Excel, like the differences in it. But yeah, everyone go download it and uh, because that's one thing I think it's really important for people to track their trades. Like I don't think people do it enough. And one of my favorite things about the spreadsheet and if you don't download the spreadsheet you know grab a piece of paper and 
track your stuff that way. My favorite part is putting in the notes, like where you were mentally, why you got into this trade, like what you saw on a chart, um, what you heard in the news, something like that. Cause I can look back through all of my trades and be like, Oh, I got in to this thing because, um, what is this? AMC struck a deal with universal. And, <laughs> and my ad says after our movement, uh, hopefully the bros buy the news. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then, and I <laughs> so yeah, just everyone go check it out, download it. It's free. Um, share it with everyone. Uh, just kind of our little uh, gift to you guys for supporting us, watching the videos, downloading the podcast. We've got a lot of, uh, new listeners to the podcast now, which is super cool. All right. Did you have anything else you wanted to run over? No, man. I think I covered everything that I wanted to. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, definitely go check out the YouTube page. Got a bunch of videos up. Um, the website, we're constantly putting stuff on that. And, you know, yeah, definitely subscribe. We really appreciate you guys. All right, James. All right, man. We'll see you later, man. I'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.